tell us about the chick on Facebook, Josh. The chick on Facebook. So <laughs> she posted she hoped uh, Kato's Plus was essential because she done gained 10 or 15 pounds and gone up a dress size and got to go back to work. <laughs> hey, I can relate to that. Just saying. It's essential in Henry County. That's why we got the F. Yeah. Congratulations, Henry County. You're one of eight of 95 counties that failed at special distancing. It reminds me of being in high school again. Duffy, here you go. <laughs> Wes, I'm going Breaking for the girl ball. in the green. I think she's going to yeah. win it. I mean, look at that. What in the world? I, I think she's going to win. ESPN Ocho back. <laughs> you were wrong, Duff. It was the blue. The blue girl won? Yep. Uh, crap. I'm going to take bets on it all night. <laughs> <laughs> Just tell us when the next run is. Hey, I'll, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll well, what sure is this, this lubricated step run on ESPN Ocho? It's called the Slippery Stairs on ESPN oh, Ocho. I would do it I, naked. Ocho. I mean, they're basically, I mean, <laughs> not really, but. Carol, you think Carol Baskin's on there? Carol Baskin. <laughs> <laughs> what did I miss? Wes is watching really sitting there watching the show on ESPN Ocho called The Slippery Stairs. Look at my video, George. Boy, that's when you know you've been on COVID for too long. <laughs> Good day. This is on ESPN Ocho. It's like, what, it's, like, it's like what people watch when they take LSD. <laughs> oh, look, the green one's winning, Dustin. No, she's going for second place. It's okay. Hey, look, come on. Oh. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Y'all uh y'all about ready? We yeah. got a we got a long show today. Look at your dad over with the snuggie on. <laughs> <laughs> Lots a bunch of women snuggie. in tights sliding down lubricated stairs and dad covered up in the snuggies. I think I need to do a hand check, what do y'all think? <laughs> hand check. <laughs> dad, where them hands at, man? Where them hands? <laughs> All right, guys, here we go. Welcome to today's podcast. It's Saturday, May the 2nd. We're five guys without a clue. I'm your host, Josh Smallwood, and I'm here with four of my best friends cutting up and doing it right tonight. Justin, we've been pretty active on social media this week. Twitter got a little uh, feedback going, some banner back and forth. Where can folks find us and uh, give us a follow? Uh, We're on Twitter and Facebook at Five Guys Without a Clue. Uh, You can also be heard on Spotify and Apple and Anchor. I think we're on, what are we, this is podcast number six, <laughs> six weeks into this, and Matt still tore up about this old snuggie check, but uh, George, you guys still feeling pretty good? Man, I'm doing pretty good, minus the sunburn I got today, but, you know, other than that, doing okay. Do you, do you wear sunscreen on your bald head? Do I? SPF, do you wear on your bald head? <laughs> I don't put any on, unfortunately. I had a hat on. I threw it down at some point, and then next thing I know, man, it's red hot. So, Bruh, skin cancer is a real enemy of us bald heads, just so you know. Look, man, I read a thing the other day. It said that uh, sunscreen is a lie, and you should just take vitamins. There you go. That's no lie. Uh, How you guys? Well, you're good? Yeah, man, we're good. I went out on the lake today with the... Old man and the other fishing buddy, and had to show them all dogs some new tricks. 
I caught a few. They didn't bring anything successfully to the boat. Um, they lost, they had one up to the boat and lost it, but a pretty tough day overall. And then, of course, it's a never a dull moment when you're out there with them, too. Uh, we had some technical difficulties with the first. The plug wasn't correctly installed into the boat. So uh, water is um, <clears throat> coming up through the bottom. And, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> look down and your feet are wet. That's a problem. So, uh, uh, we know that problem, don't we, George? Huh. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I had to figure out that in the middle of the lake. Uh, and then the uh, trolling motor battery died. Couldn't crank it up either. So thankfully somebody dad worked with uh, rode over and jumped us off. That was that was quite the fun day. Just Plus, another one good. Hey, man, we're doing good, man. I finally got the house this week. I don't oh, make a trip to work. Did you melt in the sun? No. No. It's pretty like nice. A vampire coming out. That's no, pretty nice out. Yeah, it's been a nice week. Matt, y'all good? Doing good, man. I just want to give a big shout out to Martinsville and Henry County residents for scoring a big fat F on the state's <laughs> social distancing <laughs> test this week. Y'all did a fabulous job. Good effort. We'll try to go for it again. I think it was one out, it was one out of eight areas that failed the test. So congratulations, guys. Keep it up. We're doing a great job. Yeah, we're in the we're in the top ten saying screw you, Governor Northrum. <laughs> In the whole everybody, state. And everybody's at Lowe's, everybody's at Walmart. You, you just more cars on the street now than ever. It was so bright red that it, they're going to have to like pick another color for Henry County and Martin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's about how we vote, too. Nice and bright red. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm glad I mean, you guys are yep. good, man. We're, we're uh, knock on wood. We're still good here. We're, we we got out and about a little bit. Bought some plants this week going to garden. But, um, that kind of leads us to our next topic, and that is uh, headlines of the week. It's a segment here where we go through some headlines that everybody might have heard or should have heard, but we've kind of had, had a long week of banner back and forth. Had a lot to talk about. Justin, the NFL draft dust has finally settled a little bit. You still feel like Green Bay dropped the ball on taking quarterback Jordan Love out of Utah State with that 26 pick overall? Yeah, I think we matched our uh, our score there for Henry County and Martinsville with the big old left. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, 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 I still I, that the rest of the draft just went downhill even further. I heard Mel Kiper talking, and and he was like, Devontae Adams is probably looking over there like, uh, could you give me a little help? You know, because I think he said that he had forty five or forty four more touches last year than the next closest receiver, and then they go get a quarterback instead of a wide receiver and a wide receiver heavy draft there. Matt, you think uh, in the next three years, Justin's going to be wrong? Yeah, I do. I, I'm I'm going to tell you, man, I just I, I saw the kid play a couple times. I watched the highlights on him. I don't think anybody they would have drafted in the first or second round is going to put them over the edge to win a Super Bowl coming up. So – I think they're in rebuilding mode. I think the Aaron Rodgers era is very quickly phasing out. So I think well, they he, looked I think at he's it. He's in agreement with you there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's phasing out. So Jordan Love comes in, and he's the quarterback of the future. So now they're going to look at rebuilding, start adding some pieces with him. Because like Justin said last week, the head coach really wanted that kid. He got him. He's. I think he's going to be a decent 
decent NFL quarterback. He's got the definitely has the arm for it. Kind of crazy. Rodgers still has four years left on his current deal. I mean, I don't know how it's gonna play out. Uh, he's he's kind of a hothead, you know. So I could see him being like, <laughs> "Trade me." Yep. Hey, look, this is the uh, new Scotty Pippen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're uh, we're two weeks into that documentary where they're following Michael Jordan and the '97, '98 Chicago Bulls, and uh, I think it comes on on Sundays. It's called The Last Dance. They're uh, one-hour episodes, but they're playing two of them, and I'm only through three of the four. I don't have time to sit there and watch two hours of TV. But by the time this podcast drops, we'll it'll be, uh, I guess, week three in the book, so six episodes and. You guys been watching that at all? Oh yeah, I've watched all four of them. It's it's pretty good. I mean, if you grew up in that time frame, you probably love Michael Jordan. So uh, and the Bulls, most everybody did, and it's it's really uh, it's a really neat show they've got going on. Yeah, I mean they're they're basically uh, you know Michael Jordan is the the key piece to all of this, and so they're back and forth talking to MJ, but then they're bringing everybody else in and kind of walking through the the last dance, which is what Phil Jackson coined that season. Cause they basically knew, Hey, we're busting this thing up. Michael Jordan's retiring. Everybody else is moving. But I mean, guys, th- this thing is, it's been pretty huge. I know I collect uh, sports cards and Matt thinks it's funny. He's like, what are you five? You know, you still chewing gum out of a tops pack, but <laughs> I mean, it's blown the roof off of <laughs> yes. any, yes, yeah, I'm still five. Any anything I'm Michael Jordan or Chicago Bulls related, I mean it. It's almost untouchable at this point. But Matt, yeah. you you mentioned Dennis Rodman a little earlier this week. I, I think uh, week two really kind of focused on him, didn't it? Yeah, it did. They focused on him pretty hot and heavy. I think it was uh, it was episode three. I think is what it was. Uh, he uh, he was a crazy individual uh, on and off the court, but he. Well, he still is, but yeah, I got interested in it to see kind of what he's doing now and things like that. He's and as I kept researching it, he was actually as crazy as he was on the court, off the court. He was really a like given, generous person. He article I read said that every time he went to Boston to play the Celtics, he would buy out Toys R Us or most of their stock they had there and it got shipped to the children's hospitals i mean that would have been probably the last guy that i would have thought would have done that just watching those episodes but you know that would have been something good i think they'd add in is because they tried to make him look kind of crappy there in the third episode but yeah i, I read that article it's pretty neat to read it and he, he seemed like a decent guy his teammates loved him yeah that's one of the things he said even in the the documentary he was like you say what you want to about Dennis Rodman, but if you ask anybody that I ever played with, he's like, I was a great teammate. And But I, I know that the, the stuff that I remember about Dennis Rodman, you could take his hair, his girlfriends, all that, and throw it out. But look, that dude played some of the best lockdown defense you'll ever see. You know, these, these NBA players today, they couldn't hold a, a candle to a guy like Dennis Rodman. He would beat the crap out of LeBron James if LeBron played him today. Dude, I'm telling you, this that's what he was. He was a defensive man. He was a rebounder. That's what they brought him in for. I mean, he helped make Michael Jordan and the Bulls um, just his presence out there. I mean, it's, 
that's my personal opinion, but you know, I just think if it hadn't been for Dennis Rodman on that team, you know, they wouldn't have played at that level. He had ten games where he scored zero points and had twenty rebounds. What <laughs> the worst person in the Crazy. NBA is going to take that responsibility? I mean, how many guys are going to take that? Never nah. touching the ball on offense, they're not going to take it anymore. Yeah, you'd never see it not in today. today's NBA. You wouldn't see it in college, high school, period. You know, no. like the the selfish me mentality. Uh, in 1989, when the Pistons won the the championship, they literally did it by beating the crap out of Michael Jordan physically. I mean, that's that's pretty much how they did it. And Dennis was a big part of that. But George, um, Scottie Pippen. I don't know. Did, did you watch that episode? He he's kind of a a crybaby, man. Yeah, so <laughs> it's funny. So Aiden is. All into this, man. He's all about it right now. So I watched the end of this last one with him. And, um, you know, so it's something I want to keep watching with him. It's, it's really good. But, I mean, really, he it could be taken two ways. Yeah, A, he's a crybaby about it. Um, but, B, look at, look at where he came from, man. He's, what, one of 12 kids in the family. Came from nothing. He made it out. And, you know, one of the things, I don't know if we're going to go into it, but the contract deal. What was it? Five years, eighteen million dollars. Yeah, and then the NBA exploded. Yeah, I mean, he was lowballed. I mean, he was just completely lowballed. But for him being that that young African American coming from that kind of community where nobody gets out, he was worried about what if I get hurt? How do I provide? He was like, man, this is money in the bank. But then after he signs that contract, things go well, and he finally starts to realize. Damn, I could have made a lot more money, and I think that's where it kind of went south. You know, he he pretty much hosed his team in the process of doing that, and you know, history plays out. We won't we won't ruin it for anybody that had, had knows nothing about the the Bulls in this time frame. But um, it ends okay. Wes, you were just you know growing up with you, you were a huge Bulls fan, and one guy that I remember. When you played basketball against Matt Duffy, and we always hated going to Spencer Penn, having to play the the Mike Duffy team where Matt's crying at the free throw line because Matt's Mike's over there ripping him a new one. Tony <laughs> Kukoc, <laughs> Tony Kukoc is an extremely underrated player, and he's not currently in the Hall of Fame, and he's a guy that you learned how to make a legit pass just by watching Tony Kukoc deliver the basketball to Michael Jordan. Yeah, old Tony no coach, as they used to call him. Yeah. He don't need no coach. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't I mean, I don't think he's a legit Hall of Famer. I think you're right. I think he's one of those role players of today that, that just don't exist uh in today's world. You know, you might see that in some teams in college basketball, but um I don't know. I mean, the, the dude played lots of minutes, and he played. He never had a year where he scored twenty more points a game uh, on the average. You know, he had a couple years where he was like averaging nineteen points a game, but he's he never ranked uh, high in any sort of category across the board in the league. I think he won Sixth Man of the Year once, and he was Rookie of the Year one time, uh, obviously. But uh, he he's he's not a Hall of Famer, um, but. The, the dude you don't, you don't think ball. that being being one of the few international players at that time and uh, being on this team kind of elevates his status at all? I mean, it elevates his status because we're sitting here talking about him. Um, but 
uh, he's not Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame is cream of the crop. Um, and and yes, he was. A, I think he. You can make the argument that maybe he was a product of the team he played on in a lot of ways. Um, the same way as maybe like a Steve Kerr would be, but I, I don't know if you can make the argument that he's Hall of Fame material. He don't get me started on Steve Kerr, man. He he. Uh, yeah, whatever, man. They, the, these uh, NBA coaches that like to basically pump their political beliefs out during basketball season. I really could care less, and that's one reason why I don't watch him. Hey, so moving on. The, the yeah. two most hated people in COVID-19 world is Carol Baskins and Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> but, but those two take yeah, the cake uh, for the most hated yeah, there, there was some beef that kind of got brought back up on Monday, turned into a little soap opera. Isaiah Thomas was pissed on Monday. All right, so tell me why. I, I watch, watch, you get, just watch episode four. Episode yeah. four of this series, you got to watch it. It gets deep into it. And okay. Michael Jordan, I don't think, would spit on him if he was on fire. Yeah, he, he throws a lot of shade in episode four. 20 okay. years, 30 years later, he still wouldn't. I don't think he'd piss on him if he was on fire. That's nice. awesome. So I'm gonna have to watch these things, man. I'm I'm kind of regretting now canceling ESPN. Hey, ESPN Plus has got it. If you got that, and I don't yeah, have it, but I might can get it. Well, yeah, you got the Disney Plus thing, so you can just add it for five bucks, man. Just cancel it when it's done. And and uh, Josh, you might want to uh, stock up on your Magic Johnson cards. He he confirmed he confirmed they're ha- they're starting a documentary similar to the Jordan documentary on him. Yeah, and, and I checked into some Magic cards, guys. Uh, we're not talking about Magic the Gathering, like the super nerd stuff. We're talking about Magic Johnson here. Um, Magic Johnson rookie cards also has Larry Bird on it. And that rookie card is an insanely priced rookie card. So anybody listening to this, if you have old sports cards and you just want to get rid of them, you can call me because I'll take your money. You know, that's crazy. I I thought you were going to say Magic Johnson stock's going off because I just beat Aiden's the other night in 2K with Magic Johnson. <laughs> they don't even know about that era, man. Most of most of these NBA teams can't hold a candle to late 80s, early 90s NBA basketball. Oh, no, sure. they're not tough enough. No, man. No. All you got to do is you, you could beat the you could beat the teams of the day with the late 90s Charlotte Hornets, man. Fuck <laughs> Larry Johnson like that, man. Larry Johnson, a lot, Alonzo Mourning, and more Muggsy. No. <laughs> Now, look, we were playing 2K the other night. Aiden loves to play 2K at nighttime with me. We try to get a game in. And I was playing the other night, and he's like, Grant Hill, how'd you make that shot with him? He's not that good. I was like, kid, you don't know, you don't know anything. Stop it. Stop it. Oh, he don't, he don't know primetime Pistons, Grant Hill. Exactly. <laughs> Reggie Miller. Had, had Grant Hill stayed healthy his entire career, I mean, that, that's he's got Hall of Fame talent, but but never could get through with it. But anyways, we got to move on, guys. We got a ton of topics. Justin, MLB, they were at risk of starting the season without some umpires. They were all pissed off about their pay. Who's getting paid? Who ain't getting paid? You know, 150 grand is just not enough for these young bucks. But the old guys getting paid 400, they were really pissed off. Uh, they announced they reached a deal on a new pay structure to get them through this pandemic time. What in the world's going on with these umpires? Yeah, there, there's been some back and forth between the umpires and Major League Baseball for a couple of years now. 
Um, it looked like they had, uh, you know, the umpires had pretty much threatened strike once the season started back They where they had looked into it uh, to get their pay, I guess, basically is the way, it, the way it's working out is they're going to be paid for their time where they've been furloughed at normal rate. But it looks like MLB is trying to force their force their hand into accepting less than their pro rate for the remaining of the season. So uh, basically, if you would have made, you know, you got four months left of the season, if you would have made one hundred fifty thousand in that time, MLB's basically got it knocked down to where they're you're only making seventy four thousand. So basically, half your salary. You know, so you know the MLB's trying to trying to make it where you know they're not paying them as much and. I think that was the plan all along is the reason why the umps were, were not happy is they were trying to cut their pay to begin with. So, hey, uh, look, if somebody came to my classroom and said, Coach Smallwood, I'm going to give you seventy five grand to come over here and learn how to umpire, and I'm going to fly you to the biggest, baddest, nicest cities and stadiums, I think I'd take it because guess what, boys? High school football coaches and strength, strength and conditioning teachers don't make seventy five grand. I understand where you're coming from with that, but I, I guess my thing is when you when you when you sign your sign your contract to work for 150, and you know they won't even pay you half of it because they they're in a furloughed season, you know that that doesn't fly. I'd say, look, buddy, there ain't no baseball games to get called. What I'm saying is they would have made 100 150,000 for the remaining of the season. Once the season started, they're cutting their pay beyond what they're making. So they're taking their prorated amount for four months and cutting it in half. So they're not even making what they should make. I mean, I could see, look, we're not paying you guys because there's no baseball games, but when you get back, we'll pay you everything. I mean, yeah. it, well, I mean, I, I would ex- I would expect it to be, you know, you're not getting paid now, but as soon as baseball starts, you you know, you just start back up with your salary and you make, yeah. you make what your salary would have been. Where's the logic? Co- Where's the logic in that? If if you're gonna have, if you're gonna have baseball games, why would you pay your umpires less if they're legit baseball games? I don't I don't understand that because they're taking their daily per diem as well, and going from five hundred or I think it's weekly per per diems five hundred dollars, and they're chopping that to four hundred once the season starts. So I I don't know you know where they're going with that. I, you know, and I think that's the reason why the ump- umpires have been, you know, having an issue to begin with. So let's talk per diem. If, if uh, Matt, if somebody gave you $400 a week per diem and said, oh, you got to eat off of $400, where would you go to eat, Matt? Ooh, man. In baseball cities. In baseball cities. Does he get to keep anything left over money-wise or does he have cash. to? Cash. It's Cash. Yeah, see, back in the day when they would give us our <laughs> little per, our little bit of chunk of money a week, we were getting we would eat sandwiches and hold on to the money and spend that at nighttime. So that's mm. uh that's how we rolled. So we uh we had a couple places we liked to eat at in uh, some unspoken cities, but uh, yeah, we held our money. We all pitched in. We'd buy loaves of bread, stuff like that, and hold on to our money for the rest of the uh, nighttime. We'd hey, go out George, on that money. George just put up a great picture, and it leads perfectly into the next topic, and that is he has a Bengal tiger up, and yeah. uh, we're going to talk about the Bengals who just cut Andy Dalton on Thursday, their quarterback. It immediately catapults Joe Burrow 
as the favorite to start during week one. He's kind of been compared a little bit to a first-round pick, Alex Smith, back in the day who uh, he had you know, pretty good successful start early on in his career. Uh, unfortunately, he had a horrendous leg injury a couple years ago early on in Washington. And you think this is a fair comparison that he can come out and kind of enjoy some immediate success in Cincy, or is this kind of – you know, a little too much for Joe Burrow to start off. Man, there's a whole lot going around this. So, you know, the comparison to Alex Smith, I see it. You know, he's got the brains for it. He's got the accuracy on the short game. He just doesn't have that, you know, great arm strength, you know, to make those 40, 50-yard completions down the field if he's got to. Um, the other thing is I don't think the Bengals did a good job of securing a – a good O-line for him. For a young quarterback to be successful, you've got to have a strong offensive line to protect him. If he's scrambling in the pocket, you know, he's not going to do well. That's just my thoughts there. I think they're jumping the gun here. I think they pulled the trigger a little bit too soon. Yeah, he's your number one draft pick. You're paying him a lot of money. But there was some learning left to do. There was some rebuilding there from the offensive line side of things in my mind. Uh, it's just how I see it. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd have let Andy Dalton got beat on, you know, another year or two. And if he gets beat on too bad, then, you know, Joe, Joey football gets tossed in there a little bit. But so Let me throw this out there. They cut Andy Dalton, and then rumors are swirling around here this afternoon that he's signing a one-year deal with the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, yes. uh, I mean, they – at first, they were talking like maybe he's going to New England, but then Justin, while we were kind of uh, chit-chatting before the show here, Justin brought up Dallas. Justin, what do you think about that? You know, I think it's like he goes and he's a pretty solidified backup there to Dak Prescott for a year. Um, I, I don't really see him doing very much there. He ain't playing over Dak. No, it's going to take an injury, but, I mean, he's not the worst backup in the world. Does, does he have a contract yet? Yeah. Um, Schefter tweeted out this earlier while you're while we're waiting on you this morning. Oh, okay, yeah, put it all on me. Gotcha. <laughs> Was it the real Adam Schefter? I think Ooh. so. Ooh, I don't know. It could have been a fake one. Uh, it could have been a fake. So you uh, better check does, that. Does anyone disagree with me on this whole Joe Burrow thing? I mean, is it, who thinks that he's just that boom right out of the gate? Dude, it's sense of freaking natty, man. I don't think yeah, anything it's, to it's begin with. Career crucifixion. They could play the Buckeyes and lose. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. How, I mean, how many how many quarterbacks step in? I don't know. I, I would have to look this up. But how many quarterbacks step in the very first year and just dominate? I, I mean, Peyton, Peyton Manning didn't. No, none, none of them. Do. I, he's not going to come right out the gate and be ready. I, I feel like there is that red shirt year for the NFL. There should be because it's just a completely different game. Well, and, let's talk about this. Uh, Kyler Murray, he come out the gate last year. They they wound up starting Kyler, and he had a mixed response. Do you see something similar between Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow? They're not even really the same quarterback, though. I think Joe probably – fits the NFL a little better, more of a pocket guy. Um, 
I think he'll be quicker in the right system. I just don't think since I don't think it's going to work out. I don't think Cincinnati's going to work out. I'm like Justin. I think he would be good in any any other team that he maybe like even like just say the Cowboys for instance. He goes there with their offensive line. He can sit in the pocket and not feel as much pressure. But I just I don't see him walking into Cincinnati and being just blazing the first couple years. I don't either. Man, it sounds sounds like it was a good deal for Andy Dalton. He's getting paid seven mil to sit on the bench. Yeah, to sit on the yeah. bench and play back up to Dak. So. Maybe it'll be good he for him too. He needs a refresh. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll move on. Yes. Virginia Tech's athletic director says he would anticipate playing college football this season in Blacksburg as a Virginia Tech fan. What do you think it's gonna look like? Yeah, man, I mean, uh, a lot of a lot of eyes on June. A lot of eyes are on June. June is the month where they're they're anticipating making decisions on whether or not these uh, kids are going to be back on campus in the falls. Um, that also is about that six to eight week mark before the season would be set to start. And this this is what all these coaches are talking about now. I need six to eight weeks to get my team ready to play football all this and that, um, to get their bodies in shape, get them conditioned and whatnot. So, um, but the question that remains, what does that look like? And I think for football, it's going to be, um, different. I think that they're going to be looking at potentially starting later, maybe not having conference games and maybe even talking about spring football. Um, and what the heck would that look like? And how do you even go about doing that? Um, the pit, Panthers coach, and I absolutely cannot stand him on most occasions, Pat Narduzzi. If you ever watch him on the sidelines, it's just an absolute ridiculous uh, display of unsportsmanlike conduct. He should get flagged every play. Um, but anyways, he, he, he put out a good, pretty good interesting point. He's like, how do you play a full season and a bowl game in the spring? And then you segue into the offseason. And then what you would expect to have a fall season, that same 2021? Uh, and how do you, how does that, that doesn't allow the time needed for these athletes to rejuvenate and recharge, get healthy again. There's a lot of orthopedic surgeries that happen in the off season. Um, and so it's, it's, it's just a lot of talk about when, but one thing I'm at least encouraged by is that it's not a lot of talk about if it's really about when. Yeah. And I think reason- now it's more logistics. How do we make this happen? It seems like the country's kind of moving forward whether the government wants it to or not. They're like, hey, we're getting out in public. You guys need to figure out how to make this happen. And I think the pressure is going to go on the ADs, the college and university presidents, and Emmert at the NCAA to, to kind of make this thing happen. And, you know, that may be no fans in the stadium, or that may be social distancing. Out, You know, I, I don't know. But I, I think we're going to see fall sports at the college level. I'm not really convinced at the local high school level, unfortunately. As a football coach, I'd love to play high school football this fall. Uh, We're gearing up as if we're playing, but I think we're going to see college football in some form. It may be a month late, though. Yeah, I think. Yeah, at least. uh, Yeah, and in that case, they're talking about non conference schedules going away, playing uh, solely conference league play, which we've talked about that. And how does that look for the independent schools, Notre Dame? Uh, some of the service academies and whatnot. Uh, Liberty is a is a independent uh, FBS school, so 
Um, yeah. What does it look like for, for people like that who don't have a conference? And what do you do for those teams? So um, that kind of stuff's interesting. But the one biggest thing is that NCAA and these universities understand that they cannot financially survive without a football season of some sort. And so uh, that's why they're, they're talking a matter of when and not if. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of how can they make it work and get the best out of it. And if one season just happens to look different than the rest of them, then they're willing to take and bite that bullet. So, Josh, why do you think high school football won't happen? I think high school football won't happen because of social distancing. And uh, especially in the state of Virginia, if we follow the phases the way the governor wants to follow it, there is absolutely no way to play sports with people under the age of 18 and social distance. It's just so, not possible. You know, well, it's been a while since I've coached football, so I'm trying to remember when the season starts. But for folks who don't know, you know, our county uh, and the surrounding counties, you know, where we're at, we have to petition to the state to be able to start school before Labor Day. Um, and that's just due to how many days we miss throughout the year for snow days, inclement weather, whatever. So typically we start before Labor Day. So now the conversations with the Department of Education are, you know what, no one's going to start before Labor Day. You know, so we're looking at our counties starting after Labor Day for the first time in years since we were, I don't since know, we what, were teenagers? Kids. Yeah, since yeah. we were kids, teenagers. So, you know, if they're saying it's okay to go back to school after Labor Day, you can't social distance with 30 kids in a classroom or in a weight room or whatever. So is that going to open up a delayed football season? I, I think it could. And the, the VHSL here in Virginia, that's our governing body for sports, they've been looking at ways anyways to decrease the amount of time that our kids are playing football. They were looking at doing away with two scrimmages and going to just one taking it from a 10-game season to a nine and doing away with one round in the playoffs anyways. If that if they did all of that, that's taking three weeks of your season away, period. So instead of starting the 1st of August, in theory, you could start two-a-days, which would not happen because you were about to go to school. You would start that the last week of August, and then you get the rest of your football season in, you're done right, you know, first week of December for the state championship and that's if you date all of that into account and i just don't know if they're going to do it right you know, i think with our governor um they're going to err on the side of of extreme caution and they're not going to put kids at risk in order to play a football game yeah and, aka extreme control extreme control through the government and we probably need to move on from there so Absolutely. This leads us to our next topic, which is kind of football-related, but um, it's a big topic for this past week, and that's show me the money, Jerry, and that takes us a nice quote from Jerry Maguire, and I love that movie, guys. I haven't watched it in a long time. Maybe oh, I'll break it back out, but the NCAA, they're ready to loosen the reins on these athletes, boys, and let them uh, get a little compensation for their likeness, things like that. They outlined a plan this week that allows athletes to sign third-party endorsement deals outside of their NCAA institution. All right, first we'll go round robin, and it's going to be a yes or no only response. Is this a good thing for college sports? Just a yes or a no, George, yes or no? 
I think it is. I, yes. George with a yes. Justin, yes or no? Yes. Good thing for college sports. Yes. yes. Matt, good thing for college sports. Yes, with limitations. <laughs> yes or no. Wes, yes or no? <laughs> I mean, no. Not overall. See, you can't do yes or no with us, dude. Like, this we, we can't do it. All right, Matt, Matt, we'll just go ahead and toss this out there. Limitations. Maybe we'll cover this later, but just an initial first gut-wrenching reaction. What's a limitation you think we have to have? If you're going to give – all right, let's take the football team, for instance. If you're going to pay these guys money, they're all going to have to make the same amount flat line. Every player had to make the same amount. Now, your top players will have to be – endorsed out they can say whatever they sell jersey wise whatever they sell ncaa wise whatever they sell whatever wise they can make that on the side but it has to be a flat line for every player every yeah, player will have to make the same one well, i don't think they're talking about paying players right no this is just getting paid for their name so guess what you got a jersey with your name on it here's your one dollar baseline Man, make your Twitter account soar. Make your YouTube account soar. Do it. Do with your name what you please, and make that Jack. Jack. I just, I don't, I don't think that you can give Joe Burrow the ropes just to sell his stuff. I don't think you do. It's, it's going to open up too many options for people coming in and at a high school and saying, "Hey, we got this guy, this guy, this guy," but you can't do that. I think if you're if the NCAA is going to paying these guys where you know you bring back the NCAA football game, you do that. These guys' names are on there. You pay what is I don't even know what the roster limit is for NCAA football, but let's say it's fifty five. So those fifty five players make the same exact. If they're on the active roster, they make the same exact whatever it is for that year. Because yeah, and I think the NCAA <laughs> they're going to have to. That's part of this is looking into. What 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 amount of money justifies your name is on an NCAA football game? It looks like the changes, uh, they're going to have quite a few restrictions. They're going to go into effect starting 2021-2022 academic year, so that's not this upcoming school year. And it's going to allow the athletes to just sign deals that use their names, their images, likenesses, and first thing first, Matt touched on this just a little bit. I used to be an EA Sports NCAA football addict. And I mean, it it took up hours of my time in high school and college. So if I had to sell my PlayStation, my grades were so bad. And mom and dad probably appreciate me not just blowing all that money. But first thing, Justin, you and Wes, you're our resident gamers I'm assuming this fact alone excites you. There may be NCAA football. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think it'd be, it's a good thing um, to have it back out, you know, the gaming, gaming world. Um, I don't know if it's going to be as big as it once was. Uh, I just, I think Madden is so far above and beyond um, what you're seeing now. I don't know if it can catch back up, but you know, I think it'll be good to have it out there for the hardcore college football fans that um, don't particularly care for the NFL game. Me personally, I'm a you know, if I'm gonna buy a football game, it's gonna be you know Madden because I'm an NFL guy. But you know, I, I would pl- I would probably buy the 
in an NCAA football game as well. Just, you know, have it to play. But I like the gameplay of NCAA football better than I liked Madden back in the day. Now Madden has been out for so much longer, filled that gap of NCAA. Wes, do you think you'll actually go back to buying sports games instead of Call of Duty and World of Tanks or whatever child well, game? I do not play. play Call of Duty. I do play World of Tanks, which is by far not a child's game. I think the average age of the <laughs> player base is like 35, so it tells you there's a lot of old farts playing that game. Anyway, so um, the, the problem with the um, bringing back NCAA 2021 or 2022, whatever it'll be by then, is that most of the time those um, agreements for compensation are done on a collective, uh, like a players' union type thing, which does not and is not set up to exist for NCAA. In fact, NCAA, uh, as a governing body, has said the the possibility of that even happening is basically slim to none. They they basically equivalent to virtually impossible for that to even take place. So it's it's going to be left up to like individual issues with that that individual likeness image whatever and like i say i don't think that this is a good thing for college sports in totality i think it would benefit a select few of your high profile athletes uh which would then create a very unfair uh dynamic among teams i don't know how you would i mean it just to me opens up pandora's box in my emotional like feel good thing i think it would be good as a player to be able to have that opportunity i think that the institutions and ncaa has for decades uh, limited players and taken advantage of players at the expense of um you know making their money for themselves and as institutions promote their own things at the same time i just don't know like for total sports if that's something that that you could allow to happen and, and create a healthy dynamic through the athletic community and the student athlete community. I just, I don't know. Well, you look, you look at it like this, Wes, like me, you know, you went to college to play football and yeah. you know how it is. Like I see it and I'm not talking about life change, you know, any type of life changing money for like, let's say I'm a big Tennessee Vols fan. You're not making any life changing. You're not giving your long snapper $3,000 a month. You're not going to do that. That's why I say, Enough to cover apartment expenses, food, and stuff, gas outside. I mean, when I was in college, I saw guys that were having to take out extra loans, extra things like that, adding on to be able to afford an apartment, to be able to eat out off campus, to be able to fill it with gas, just to live yeah. life in general. But now you got with the Fair Pay to Play Act, that long snapper could record a YouTube video of long snapping a football into a, the hole of a cornhole board, go viral, and now dude's going to get paid exactly. some money. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're going we're to we're touch on that here in just a minute, so hold that thought. Uh, one of the stickiest areas, and y'all have kind of already touched on this a little bit, is how they're going to regulate this and what's going to keep a school from luring an athlete in with promises of this big major endorsement from a big-time booster, and it looks like that's definitely going to be a violation. Like, you yep. can't say, all right, well, we've got um, – Wes, what's the, the big boat shop here in Martinsville? Uh, Angler's Choice. Angler's Choice, yeah. So you can't say, all right, this uh, president of Angler's Choice is one of our big boosters, and he's going to go ahead and give you $300,000 and – you're going to be the spokesman for Angler's Choice, and that's just going to be a part of your package. 
that's going to be a violation, okay? Yep. And they're going to have to figure that stuff out because your big time stars, your your you know your blue chip athletes, this is a new recruiting tool for some schools. So here's your second round robin question of the night: Who's going to be the first to get busted for breaking the violation for endorsements, George? Who's going to be the first in your mind that's going to break the endorsement rule? Somebody from Alabama. Nope. <laughs> Roll that. Nope. I got I got Go two Tigers. in my mind right now. Justin, Justin, give me give me at least one that's immediately going to break this rule. Kentucky basketball. Oh yes, yes. sir. Kentucky freaking basketball. That's a great one, Matt. Justin stole mine. Uh, Kentucky. He definitely stole mine, yes, but I'm going to say North Carolina basketball would be right behind them. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't doubt that. Look at John. <laughs> North John's Carolina pissed football. off. Wes, yeah, get, let me get one. Um, University of Maryland. I'll tell you why. Uh, Under Armour. Oh, yeah. dang. You well, think about Oregon. Oregon. You got yeah. Oregon with Nike? Uh, yeah, but if you think about it, it's been uh, some of the other big ma- big names. Said like Adidas and Under Armour and whatnot. Those have been the ones that have been in the college basketball limelight. Uh, Nike, yes, to an extent, but I I think that um, Under Armour is a little more susceptible to it than some of the others. Well, I'm telling you who I'm going. I'm going with the University of Miami. I mean, the U. They're notorious. They they they've had the death sentence and everything else applied. It's going to happen. The U's going to be one of the first ones, in my opinion. Matt, what'd you get? Auburn football. They've been they've been involved in a lot of under the table investigations over the last fifteen twenty years. Well, George, Auburn. you you were the one that said it, right? Somebody in Alabama. Oh yeah, Alabama. Uh, Louisville. Auburn right there. I mean, <laughs> take your pick. But hey, man. So this is really a game changer, though. I know we're we're staying on this one for a while, but this is a game changer for female athletes in my mind and i've got a daughter that could potentially capitalize from this one day i don't know if she chose to go down a sports path but i mean as a as a female athlete you got to be just salivating over this because the opportunity is there for you to make that name and there's so many different avenues to go i mean just think about the gap between males and females compensation in sports I looked it up because I didn't know what it was, but the maximum salary for a WNBA player is $113,500. And the minimum salary for an NBA player is $838,000 and change. That's the reason why why they all play in China during their offseason. Yeah, Uh, I mean... They get paid bank in China. So, but they but, shouldn't have to do that. No, they exactly. shouldn't have to do that at all. This is their chance, man. This is their chance to capitalize and you know brand that name. And yeah, I don't know where it's going well, to like go. You said, I, the, I mean, this, this is a big sticking point for football and basketball. We could talk about that all night. But like George said, a, a big shout out to the women's sports. Uh, former UCLA gymnast Caitlin Ohashi, she raised a big stink this past fall. And she absolutely slammed the NCAA because she felt like she was handcuffed by the profiteering rules that they've got. And there was a video of a floor routine that she did that she earned a perfect 10. And this thing went absolute viral. Uh, She started making YouTube videos after that. Today, I checked it. 
over a hundred million views of her floor routine. Guess how much money she could make off of that, boys? Not a freaking penny. And it was she's in a perfect position to profit in a sport that um you know, the one of the people that actually tossed this question out to us earlier in the week, she was a huge gymnast, still follows gymnastics. She's going to listen to this podcast, and I think she would agree. Um, little girls would love to log on and watch videos of somebody that just got a perfect 10, and the NCAA making any money at all. As a dad of two little girls, one that's already in gymnastics, I mean, if that was my daughter in that situation – I would be marching right up into the NCAA office. Well, you look you, party you up, look, boys. You look at it like, you know, obviously my wife's a NCAA volleyball coach. Women's sports are huge in college. I mean, how many people watch? I mean, I do. I know I do. The volleyball championships when we get there, the softball World Series. I watch yep. all of it because it's it's big time. Like, it's good. It's good play. I mean, the university. In Nebraska, they pack the house. They have their own gymnasium just for women's volleyball, and they sell out every single game. And have and nowhere to go after NCAA. Yep. Yeah, and so way. you take all of their opportunity to make money, and you throw it down the drain. And, and I'd love for these women to be able to make some money off of their talent and ability and skills and bring these other young girls along like – you know, George, you just mentioned you've got a little gymnast at home. I mean, this would be huge for, for somebody like her. And she She's pretty good at her age already. Absolutely, man. And this is that opportunity. So these these young females, they, they don't understand the opportunity that's there, you know, even at the college level. Uh, Matt, you probably know, and Josh, you probably know from being there in that college world, but the amount of scholarship money that is allotted to those female sports teams and i'm just gonna throw a couple of them out there uh women's golf and women's swimming Huge. there's a lot of money tied up there but these team these schools do not recruit enough people to fill those spots that money gets used elsewhere it, well, it doesn't just stay there and something else that you know i know that my wife runs into is girls look at going to college and playing sports as just that four-year deal and getting out as quick as possible because you don't want to accumulate that debt. Yep. Because they know that there's nowhere, you know, WNBA, yeah, you have that. But look at, like, volleyball players. Look at softball players. They have, like, Team USA, softball does. They have Team USA in volleyball. But, you know, that's a very select few of girls. And, I mean, it's a very small percentage of all the players that play college. So a lot of girls look at college and say, yeah, I might go to Nebraska and play volleyball, but you know, I'm not redshirt, and I'm not going to I'm not going to pay yeah. an extra fifth year at fifty percent scholarship. I'm not going to pay that money and stay there for five years when I can be out in four. I'm just not going to do it. Well, in, in a world where we look to brand ourselves and kind of create our own, you know, it's an image based society. You've got social media, and you know, Instagram is is huge, and you know, the, a lot of these, you see them, they move on and they do huge things on social media. And why not allow them to do that in college? I mean, they, they these young ladies know how to use social media. Um, why not allow them to brand themselves at Ferrum College? Or This allows the D3, D2 athlete to make a little money, I think. Oh, I completely agree, man. And let's, let's talk about 
our government. You know, you got Anthony Gonzalez, um, Republican from Ohio, former football player, been pushing for this. You got the um, governor, or actually, I think you got the senator from North Carolina, you know, pushing this. So there's a there's a lot of government support, you know, pushing the NCAA to make this change, even talking about removing their tax-exempt status if they don't do this. Um, so there's a lot of push from the government to do this. You know, kudos to them for kind of seeing where this opportunity is for these athletes and putting it out there. Well, and yeah, even so, that, uh, I mean, uh, you want to look at when you were playing college baseball, you probably would not have been allowed to come home and have a skills camp for one or two weeks and you profit all of the money off of a Matt Duffy hitting clinic camp where you have age groups come in all day for a couple weeks. I mean, as a you were fairly well known in our community and a heck of a ball player. Could you have made money looking back 10 years ago if this rule was there just in the summertime? Yeah, it's like the guys that I coached that I was bringing in from these big NCAA, you know, I had a guy guy from Texas Tech. I had a guy from, the, you know, another guy from another big school. We run two camps during the summer. Those guys wanted to work these camps, but we could not pay them. Uh, they're working, you know, they're working four to five hours in the morning for these kids just because they enjoy doing it, and they did it anyway. But we weren't allowed to pay them, you know, $50 a day or whatever it was, we got all the money in the organization for that. We weren't allowed to pay these guys because it's an NCAA violation. And these guys are, you know, they're not making any money. And that That's my thing is if you're going to do this, I don't think the people that need to benefit from it are your star top-of-level athletes because most, especially in your men's sports and some of your women's sports, those people are going to make money once they leave the college atmosphere. They're going to go to the NFL and sign big contracts. Yes, they might not all sign $40 million contracts, but still, what's the minimum in the NBA, George? 800000 Is that what you said? The minimum was 800000 That is the minimum in the NBA is 838000 Okay. So a guy goes to the NBA, and he's a star in college, but goes to the NBA, and he's just a podunk 14th man off the bench. He's got to make that minimum salary. He's still making life-changing money. But what about that long snapper we talked about? That's that's kind of my view on it. The people that need to benefit off of it is just not your star athletes. They're just not your stars that need to benefit off of it. If it's going to be, I think if you're going to allow it, you got to allow it across the board. Uh, well, that's what do you something. think? You you played you played a little college football. Um, you know what, what what do you think about this? So for me, I'm just going to pump the brakes on this conversation just just a, just a bit. Because all of that was just a recommendation. It wasn't even saying this is actually going to happen. And we have sat and talked about it for a long time. They have been in the press for a lot of getting kudos from all these people. But it's just like Jay Billis said. These are recommendations. And it's like the NCA is finally coming out and saying, oh, look at us. Look at what we're doing here. We've done so great. We're, we're finally considering the players. No. They have basically held them in a, a form of servitude and almost slavery, if you want to uh, put it down to it, where these teams and these people and the coaches are making literal millions of dollars because they are not agree. paying the players. Um, and so these are just recommendations that they're going to continue to look at and see if we'll put forward. Um, 
now it all really to me comes back to like you said if it goes through let's play it out if it goes through then you better be putting these kids through a marketing class you 100%. better be putting them through um uh like a youtube how do you become a content creator how do you brand yourself all of these things um I mean, we're sort of kind of doing this now, but we, we're putting it out on the fly, kind of making it up as we go along. None of us have like a marketing background per se. Um, but, you know, these, I've made a few videos of fishing and whatnot on YouTube. And that in and of itself has a whole group of individuals who are very highly successful. Whereas uh, the vast majority of people like, like me would just do it for a hobby. So it's like, if you want to be successful and make monetize your brand, then you better be legit and have someone and something that can either edit your videos, come up with the stuff, be able to put it out, all of that. Um, and I don't know if if uh, all these kids are going to be able to do that. And and what's that going to look like? Justin, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I I just I look at it as if you like like Matt does. If you're not going to do it for every college sport and every college athlete then there's no point, you know, really you're helping, you know, like, and like George was saying, you know, if you monetize just the name itself, all right. And you tell a college, a college, a star college athlete, you can go and you can put your name on anything and get paid for it. What's stopping some, some rich, rich person from going, okay, if you come here to this school, put your name out there. I'll go buy a million jerseys. Even if I throw them away, I'll get, you'll get your money. You know, it's just another another way of paying somebody to come, in my yeah. opinion, in that way. You know, but we got to make sure we understand this is not the NCAA paying athletes. This is giving these student-athletes their chance to brand their name. I mean, it could be that long snapper just doing something crazy on YouTube, hiking the ball into a you know, a cornhole board, or just, I don't know, I'm just throwing something crazy out well, there. I mean, what if, like, Joe Burrow, how many... All right, so let's take. He would have been a millionaire, dude. He would have been a millionaire. Yeah, let's take, take Zion let's, Williamson. Yeah, take him. Take what if he had branded a shoe in college? But take this. I mean, take this. The Nike example. blowout. Yep. <laughs> if Joe Burrow makes a thousand dollars, like all of his teammates on his football, the LSU roster makes a thousand dollars for that year, just for playing football. That's just spending money. That's your that's your rent. A thousand dollars a month, whatever it is. He's still going to make more, which I'm fine with that. If his jersey's selling the most, if his t-shirt's selling the most, all that, that's fine. That's just, he's great. That's what sells. But it's just, I look at it from a standpoint of if you cannot provide as much as these, Wes said it a couple weeks ago on the podcast, as much as these schools are making off these football teams and listening to the stories of guys that are having to six live in a two-room apartment just to afford it. And you've got guys that said, yeah, I had to sell, you know, weed because I needed spending money or things like that. Like you're looking at, I look at that and that goes across the board. Guys from the number one quarterback to the number 10 kicker on the program, he's going to make the same exact amount and then let their brand take them where it takes them. Yeah, I, I'm in the boat. And this is just me being the, the free market capitalists screw the government, make whatever you can make kind of kind of mentality. I'm in the boat of whatever a kid can make on his own, let the kid make it and let him spend it however he wants to spend it. And NCAA shouldn't say a daggone thing about it. And it doesn't matter if he's 
the third string long snapper or if he's Joey football or if he if she is, you know, the super gets a 10 every time she's out gymnast or heck, I don't know, water polo player of the year. But me personally, guys, I, I just feel like if a kid can go out and legitimately make money and I said legitimately, not like. I bought a hundred million jerseys to give out to all the poor kids in Uganda and I'm never going to take shipment of it, you know, kind of stuff. But if a kid can go out and make money, I've worked at NCAA schools. I've worked at division two schools and there are a lot of kids out there that, like you said, Matt, it ain't life changing money, but it keeps them from doing illegitimate things that eventually gets them kicked out of school. And keeps and them from that, increasing student loan debt. Like I'm, which is life changing money. That's life-changing money. Yeah, that's the same thing. If I have to go take out a two thousand dollar loan to get to pay my apartment rent for the fall, and then I have to go do it again in the spring, well, I just accumulate four thousand dollars more than, and I, I have to do that all the time. That's ridiculous. So, and I mean, you look at that over a four or five year span, you're, I mean, you're accumulating student loan. You should have, you should accumulate. It's crazy. Guys, we, we could talk about this all night. I think we've already hit the hour mark. George is going to have some really fun editing for this one. But with that, episode six is in the books. Big thanks to everybody that's interacting out there on social media, giving yes. feedback. Toss us a topic. Uh, let us know that you're enjoying it. If you're not enjoying it, let us know, oh, George. Cut us. Carol Baskins. Carol Baskins, baby. I say it, Thomas. So, look, I got a question. So I'm checking social media. That's you're bringing social media up. We've got a new follower, and we're not get on Twitter. By the way, we don't have very many. It's just us following our own damn page. <laughs> so, Is it Donald Trump? No, I wish oh. it was Donald Trump. The real Donald Trump. But this guy may have just clicked the wrong button, whatever. But Mr. Swag Picks, he is a sports handicapper. With a proven and documented track record of handicapping um, NFL, NCAA, all major sports. So, shout out to Mr. Swag for following us on Twitter. Sounds like a it. sixth guy without a clue. Exactly. Hey, he's got a big following. <laughs> us, so, hope you like the yeah. show, Mr. Swag. Uh, send us some suggestions. Send us some some free picks here. Maybe we can make a make a little coin here. <laughs> Keep the show going. <laughs> yes, sir. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, everywhere you get your podcast. Give us a follow, like, and a share. And with that, it's in the books, guys. Have a good one. We didn't end with a Mayo story. We uh, did not I, end I, with a Mayo story. Y'all got to remember, I can't remember a lot of them. <laughs> I can't remember them either. I got a Mayo story for you. One night, Matt got a little out of hand. One he night? Up, <laughs> he wound up in the river, and I thought he was dead. And so I went over there to get him out the river, and Matt yanks me down into the river. Well, then he says, all right, I'm going to let you hit me right here. And I don't think I've ever hit Matt other than something with like a paintball or something like that. And I thought about it, and I was like, no, nah, I ain't going to do it, Matt. He's like, no, nah, it's all right. I ain't going to hit you back. Hit me. So I took an open face, five-finger, like Rick James said, what the five-finger say to the face? And I mean, I hit him, and it was like a reflex, like like you could see it in slow motion, his whole face just going, whoa. I sobered up so fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I believe I had a tear come out of my eye. It sounded like an otter hitting the water, man. <laughs> awesome. I can remember it. It hurts. I, had to, I sobered up. Still got hearing that? <laughs> yeah, a lot left ear. Oh. <laughs> Still can't hear good out of it.